Mike Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 128 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Julian Gill, admin on the FAQ message board. Today I'm joined by Weez. Daniel, welcome back. Thank you. Hey, video, audio works. Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, 69th Blizzard Ken and Oops. Marcus Almighty Mark. And uh, say it again. Thanks. Happy birthday, man. Always, Thank you. Always good. Another year. So, t- I don't think we've got any news today. There's nothing much going on um, on the board in KISS World. It's, uh, you know, they're back. They're disappeared. Tommy did tweet <laughs> a picture of himself in Nashville uh, saying that he was doing some recording. What that is, who the heck knows. So, yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't wearing makeup, so it may not have been a KISS related because, of course, these guys always record while wearing their makeup. So let's get into today's topic, and this is, uh, you know, again, it's 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 this time of year, twenty what twenty three years ago, nineteen ninety four, June the seventh, Kiss My Ass was released, and we've talked about this album on the show previously, but I don't think we've ever dedicated a whole episode to how it should have been done properly, how they got so much wrong with it, to my way of thinking, um, and we're gonna touch on. Ken's got the vinyl up, which I believe that came out first. That came out on the 7th, and then two weeks later, the album, uh, the CD, and the cassette came out. So, that was red vinyl. Is yours red? Yes, sir. That is just god-awful packaging. I just I cannot stand it. That's cool. Red tr- translucent. Red vinyl. So, you know, back in 1994, they... they were showing up in the industry trade magazines talking about how they were going to do this Kiss tribute album. It was going to be one C, uh, one CD or one LP of tribute songs, and the second LP was going to be the original versions uh, by Kiss. So didn't quite turn out to be that way. In Japan, they released a promotional um double package that had the japanese version of kiss my ass on one cd and double platinum on the other just with the the regular release versions in a double box with a obi special obi for it and that's as close as it got to the original context i have always had a problem with kiss my ass um number one uh, making a tribute to yourself is just really narcissistic to my way of thinking Whereas all the other tributes had come along, like Hard to Believe, were very organic. They had been created by other parties with a reason to give tribute or butcher Kiss's music, in the case of Nirvana. Um, Daniel, what was your first impression of Kiss My Ass when it came out? When did you hear hear about it? And what? how did you react when you heard it? Well, um, we, we asked uh, the last album was Revenge. So you had your hopes up. And you were waiting for the next studio album. And they, I think that, at least from what I remember, they pushed this album almost as if it was a Kiss studio album. I mean, Gene and Paul, they were all over the place in Europe and America talking about the album. You, you didn't hear anything from the artists uh, that were involved. I remember seeing them live on some American... TV shows, uh, gin, the Gin Blossoms and uh, 
Garth Brooks, who's David Letterman. Yeah, uh, but Paul and Gene really put in a lot of effort into promoting this album, and uh, I remember if prior to to the record being released, they uh, they talked about the artists that were going to be involved in the album, and they mentioned. Uh, Guys like Stone Temple Pilots doing Watching You, I remember. That would have been great. And uh, also Megadeth, Strange Ways, and a lot of bands that were popular. Megadeth. Madonna. Really yeah, Madonna. 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 And Countdown to Extinctions, <laughs> they were pretty hot. So, so I remember being kind of pumped for the album. And then, uh, well, we all know what happened and what we got later on. Yeah, then the album came out, and you actually got to hear who had participated and who hadn't. Mark, what do you recall about you know how it kind of came into your realm? Well, I was uh, I was actually kind of excited about it at first because on the radio here in Canada they had been saying that there was going to be Megadeth and all these bands on it. They had been pushing that angle pretty hard here, so. All of us here were like, all right, man, it's going to be fucking awesome, you know, because we were all into Megadeth and all that stuff. And we had heard, you know, covers before by some of our favorite metal bands, too. So we were thinking, okay, this is going to be awesome, you know. And then uh, I remember me and my friend went to the record store to go check it out and turned the record around and looked and our jaw dropped on the floor. And we were like, what the hell is all this? Like, you know, Garth Brooks and Gin Blossoms and Dinosaur Jr. were like, what the hell is all this crap? You know, so we, needless to say, right from the very beginning, I was beyond disappointed in it. I mean, I got it just because I was going to give it a chance just to see what it actually sounded like. Maybe they were going to prove me wrong, but no. I mean, I mean, and the, the other thing as well was shortly after the record came out, I remember seeing the first video that uh, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones thing for Detroit Rock City, and I was just like, really, you're going to release this? as an example of this record i mean there are better songs not many but there were at least something better than that on there that they could have used and it was just just terrible i mean i just this is such a that to me is like the the black sheep record of it i think you know it makes the elder look like a five star over the top grandiose greatest record ever made you know that's kind of kind of interesting that we think of it as a Kiss record almost. That was my my point. They pushed it like a Kiss record, but it's really a tribute album. But you say it's a, it's yeah. a, the black sheep of of the albums. But but uh, Kiss really didn't have a lot to do with the recordings. I mean, I remember they produced Anthrax and they played like rhythm, uh, guitar, and bass on, on Garth Brooks's album. But the rest is just the bands. But they pushed it as a Kiss record when it really wasn't a Kiss record. You know what, though? Could I just say one thing, though, that really pissed me off about this? Is that I remember that when I got this book, okay, mm-hmm. he was talking about this record in there. And it answered a lot of questions that I had about it. And this is the one thing that really bugged me about this. Now, this is directly from page 173 from this book, okay? And that was uh, says, sex mo- Gene's Sex Money Kiss, right, for people who are listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says, They found out I was offering little to nothing for actual recording costs, and the artist would receive pennies on the dollar of every royalty that came in. If an artist wanted to be on this record, 
I surmise they didn't want to be on there necessarily for monetary gain. Now, I understand that, you know, most fans do this because they just want to be a tribute, you know, like they show their passion for the band. But, you know, if you, let's put it this way, in 1993, Kiss were far from the hottest thing in the land at this point, and bands like Metallica and Megadeth were in higher stature, and if you want, and if you wanted to get these guys on there, yeah, maybe you needed to butter their bread a little bit. Maybe you should have thrown a little extra <clears throat> for some of their recording stuff. I mean, it wouldn't have killed you to do it, you know, and he was very much on the, in that book saying how much, you know, the record label was always helping him out and stuff, so... Why not let the label cover some of their costs, and maybe they would have had good artists on there. Well, the record sure. the record label is why you ended up with the Mighty Mighty Boston's. I mean, they were on Polygram at the time, and they were kind of one of those trendier. Um, I, I don't know what to call it because Kiss in 1994, oh. <clears throat> obviously yeah. Revenge had stiffed commercially, regardless of how much yeah. you know we like it. You know, yeah. Kiss had gone from being a, a great band in the public's eyes to being the naughtiest band in the land by 1993, 94. I mean, I just have to say, 1994 was like the first year that Kiss uh, removed themselves from from being a current band and started to look at uh, music. Uh, uh, they started to they had become a nostalgic band. You know, mm. maybe it started 93 with you know that show in the what was it called foundations forum, forum yeah it played mm-hmm. only old stuff like going blind and take me and left the new stuff out of there and then in 94 well li3 tanked revenge kind of tanked the tour didn't go over well so this was the first year when i felt something is happening they are um, not looking at doing something that is currently interesting they're starting to look backwards and for me this was the start of the end for my kiss from my youth uh so 94 was black year for me at least yeah so ken before we get into a little bit more of the the guts of kiss my ass why don't you answer the same question daniel and mark both have you know how did you run into this album and what was your initial impression of it and the material contained well, the uh, I know they were pushing it. Gene was talking about it all the time uh, in the press that we're gonna, you know, it's gonna be a trivia album. And, and like Mark's and, and Dan said, you know, all these artists that he rambled on about, all these great artists are gonna be on and doing Kiss songs. And and I was like, oh, you know, so I was I was excited about it. Um, and and then again, let down by it because. Uh, you know, yeah, where is Megadeth and and some of these other artists? I thought, you know, I, I know he even and he did mention Madonna, like doing "I Was Made for Loving You" or something like that, I believe. Um, and I thought that might be interesting to hear her take on that, uh, but that wasn't even on there. And and uh, and then some of the bands that are on there is like, who who is who is this? <laughs> Some of them, I mean, I knew most of them, but they're still like, I, I really don't know this band, and and so on. And, and then, and then I think another deal with this album is uh, it's another attempt for Kiss to jump on the tribute, you know, bandwagon, which was going on kind of that was going on at the time with other bands too. Um, and and who does tributes to themselves? I mean, no one. <laughs> 
I don't see like it. You, you see these TV shows that they have a tribute to a, an, an actor or musicians and stuff. They're not putting it on for themselves. They're not doing arranging it. It's someone else is doing this and doing it all. And and then the other part where Gene's gonna, you know, from like his book that Mark was reading off, uh, you know, who's gonna and like, oh, by the way, you know, yeah, can you <laughs> be on a tribute album for us? And by the way, you're not going to get paid, <laughs> really, you know, for yeah. it. Uh, and so, yeah, so it, I, the whole thing is kind of poorly thought about, you know, well, you know, it's just I, I'm surprised the record company went for it to tell you the truth I, I i don't know why they did now then again there's a couple songs on there that i think are very good so from that standpoint okay but otherwise think, uh, ill con- ill-conceived project in my opinion ill-conceived and poorly executed would be my yeah, yes. would be my take on it mark i think they pro- i think they probably did too because there were other ones that were doing actually pretty good i think that nativity and black one that came out was a uh, really good one i loved that black tribute Sabbath. record yeah and I, you know, maybe they felt okay. Well, a, a Sabbath one will do good. Maybe a Kiss one will do good. You know? Yeah. And come on, it could have been great. It could have been great. It could have been an awesome yeah. record to me. I think maybe we can get into what kind of artist we wanted on that album because I think it could have been a massive album if they had been willing to pay some artists because every band you ask, they were influenced by Kiss in some way, and so. The, it would have been no problem to round up 10 great artists, but no one does anything for free. That's just in Gene Simmons' mind. I mean, it could have been a great rec- great record, at least interesting. So how, ma- how many of you guys owned Hard to Believe? I heard yeah. it, but, uh, but, but yeah, I didn't think it, it was uh-huh. really good. Yeah. Mark? Yeah. Nope. No. You know, I can't remember if I did or not. I mean, 1994, I was... Well, I was in England. I was at university, so I don't even remember how much I heard. I do remember, you know, some of the bands that were mentioned in conjunction with the project. Megadeth jumped out at me back then because I was really into them at the time. So, you know, I was like, okay, what are they going to do for Kiss? Uh, you know, how are they going to interpret? I was really excited. But I, I was holding up a short time ago Gene's like band sheets of the people that he was inviting and he was working on this in april 1993 so right after the revenge Uh, tour they get back and they go in january 93 they do a live three they put that all together so that's probably january february next project is this and they're working on it at least he is so i want to read some of these bands um and there's there's a lot of no 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 yeah. you know responses <laughs> but just so that people who maybe don't know much about this whole era of the artists that he was approaching and he's got the dates and times that he, i mean uh spoke for 1693 to someone connected with david bowie i mean why would david bowie want to wow. have anything to do with a kiss i mean come on you know he wouldn't Ziggy. He's not influenced by Ziggy, Kiss. You know, sure. think of some of the responses Bowie gives to in interviews. You know, it would be like, oh, fuck off. Um, so Brian May, no. Well, why would he want to? Um, who, who the hell is this one? Billy Idol. Okay. Uh, Rod Stewart. Why on earth? Would you even? This is like his 1978 oh. solo album. Thank you list again. Um, <laughs> the real head scratcher. Barbara Streisand. <laughs> I mean, oh, man. Um, what the heck? Thank you. For, for, some, for some reason, there's a no there. Um, 
John Mel- John Mellencamp uh, spoke February the 18th, spoke April the 13th, uh, April the 16th. So that one looks like it got somewhere, you know, whether it ever got to John. But, you know, that one would actually make sense since he'd gone on tour with the band in 79. So I could actually kind of understand a connection. But why would he want to give tribute? He, he'd become bigger. Tom Petty spoke a couple times to people connected to him. Nine Inch, nine inch Nails... Um, Maybe Paul McCartney, and, you know, <laughs> Paul Longshot. Where, where I nearly choked on Barbara Streisand. We get into a few here. Belle Bib DeVoe, remember them? Yeah. Um, Katie Lang. <laughs> God. Oh, no. oh no. The B-52s, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. interesting. Uh, Stevie Wonder, who obviously did end up Morrissey. <laughs> yeah, that miserable. Bastard. These are not even these are not even bands in the same genres. Yeah. Like, no, what, I, I, what's he thinking? I mean, this is just like I've got. He has no idea. I've gone through a copy of Billboard to see who's, you know, who's popular, who's hot, and Don Henley. A couple calls with people related to him. Uh, no. Mm. Second page. Uh, we'll, I'll just run through this a little bit more quickly. Boys to Men, <laughs> Janet Jackson, Keith, Rich- <laughs> Keith Richards, uh, Depeche Mode. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Beck, I can't read the next one. Uh, it's all scribbled through. Jimmy Page, yeah, Jimmy Page is going to do a tribute to Kiss. Um, yeah, because Jimmy learned all about guitar from Ace Frehley. Uh, <laughs> Ministry, now that's that's kind of interesting. But Sonic Sonic Youth, Arrested Development, Dire Straits, LL Cool J, uh, Ten Thousand Maniacs, and then oh we must gosh. be this must be the bottom. Uh, Cowboy Junkies, Tothorets, uh, What's Rocket, Cypress Hill. Mozart. Uh, one I just absolutely am flabbergasted about is Midnight Oil. No, no, no. no. Australian band, yeah. Yeah, great band, but just completely wrong. Uh, Faith, Faith No More. That would be a good one for yeah. me because they, they could have uh, really reinterpreted, done something interesting. And wasn't Bill, wasn't Billy? I think one of the members of the band actually in, in the, one of the super groups on the actual album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. But, but isn't one of the Doctor there, Love. Yeah, Jane's Addiction. Isn't there anything about Stone Temple Pilots or uh, Megadeth on that list? On the on this particular list, I don't believe. Or I, you know, if STP was on this one, I didn't see it. Um, so. You know, you know the one that really boggles my mind that he didn't ask, and the reason why I think it's mind-boggling is because they were all over the covers of various magazines with Kiss paraphernalia all around them and even took a picture with ace is pantera and they would have gladly have done it with with, they were how you would have said listen we'll pay for our own recordings and just give it to you they love to kiss that much why they didn't get approached is gene is like had no clue what to what to do with this it's it's so obvious yeah so i think it would be be kind of interesting to hear everyone's uh, thoughts on what kind of bands we would like on the album, and I think that that's exactly you know where this topic is going to go is yeah you know what bands would you have wanted to be on a Kiss tribute? We're gonna you know you we're gonna kick Gene out of the control seat, the captain's chair, and you're gonna become the captain for Kiss My Ass and tell me which you know which bands. I mean the last few on here, Ugly Kid Joe, which was one I was like okay I remember them from around that time. Mm-hmm. They were one of the slightly better <clears throat> bands to come out in the well, early 90s, late 80s. Um, yeah. You know, so, uh, I hate everything about you. 
No, I remember. I remember that. Yeah. But, and then, yeah. then Gilby Clark. But you know, in interviews, they did they did mention Pantera, Smashing Pumpkins, Skid Row, um, yeah. Alice in Chains, Tears for Fears. I'm Tears for Fears. No. Nikki Six, Public Enemy, um, Babes in Toyland, Galactic mm. Cowboys. You know, and, and I think that's about it. You know, there's Dramarama and Melvin, some of the bands that did record stuff that was not used on the album. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, May 1993, Mag, uh, Billboard reported that they'd been re- uh, working on recording... Um, the band had been recording Watching You for the album, <laughs> for a Kiss tribute album. So that, that was where that one was. So my notes are all over the place on this topic today. So... Daniel, let's start with you. You know, what are the few songs on Kiss My Ass that work that can stay on the album before you're going to add on the artists that you think should do and maybe the songs that they should do? Which which, song, I, which tributes work? Good idea. Well, I had actually a few that I enjoyed when I listened to the album, and to some extent I still like them. Uh, the first one is kind of obvious. It's uh, just a simple, updated, rock, rocking version of the old song. And it's Anthrax doing She. I think it works. Mm. I remember, you know, uh, increasing the volume and, and in my car and driving around and listening to that one. I think it was pretty good. And it's what you want from Anthrax. I mean, it was their style... They incorporated their style into the Kiss song without going too far, uh, which was the problem with many of the tracks on this album. I think you could almost—it was not almost impossible to recognize some of them. I mean, rock, turning rock and roll all night into some sort of—I don't know what it was, but it sounded terrible to me. Uh, so that's the first one, and uh, also I kind of like the one "Going Blind." I think it was kind of a haunting vocal on that one and I think it was pretty good but uh, uh, other than that I'm not sure if I find a lot of tunes that I like on the album so I'd keep Antrax and then Going Blind but I would rather see like Soundgarden doing Going Blind that would be better but but it's good enough but other than those two I just can see anything that I like on on that album at least that I remember yeah and Dramarama recorded a cover of Going Blind for this album that wasn't used. They released it on their own album a couple of years later. So are they, um, I think on uh, Houdini, according to my notes. So, Ken, what are the songs that you'd keep off this album? <laughs> uh, not a lot. Um, you know, I actually thought Deuce was okay. I mean, it was different uh, uh, with Lenny Kravitz. I mean, I, I kind of liked Lenny Kravitz anyway. Um, so it was kind of interesting to just to hear his take on it and he didn't totally butcher it. <laughs> it like some of the other songs were pretty butchered on the on this uh, on this, but uh, it, it was okay. It was a different take, and I was okay with Stevie Wonder's, you know, you know, the harmonica deal. Um, that, that's cool. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, maybe, yeah, Anthrax. Um, they're better off doing Kiss music than their own music, in my opinion. I'm just not. I'm not. A, I'm not Agreed. A, I'm not a. I'm just not an Anthrax fan. You know, you know, it's it's okay. There's you know people like them. That's all, that's all good. But it's just not my my stuff. Um, and then, you know, the really other one. I guess I just got to go back, really, to the end uh, with uh, Yoshiki. Yep. With Black Diamond, I just 
that's my favorite actually you know, the whole thing which is more a classical piece <laughs> and it's not that i listen to classical music all the time i, I do like some <clears> classical <throat> music but uh that is just a great rendition of black diamond if you're going to do an instrumental i think that's the right way it was done correctly so it's pretty much the beginning and the end of this album uh, and everything in between is i just i just I, 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 don't know. I, it's hard. It's, it's hard to listen to it. I mean, uh, you know, Garth Brooks. Okay, I understand what they were trying to do there, but you know what? Why didn't they just let him sing in his normal? He should have sang in his normal country type voice. He was doing his other voice, uh, which didn't make any sense to me. Though I do understand why Gene Simmons was trying to get Rod Stewart. I, I, I guarantee he is trying to get him oh. to sing "Hard Luck Woman." Which yeah, and I, and I bet it wasn't. Was I bet it wasn't Gene. I bet it was Paul. Uh, let's get. Yeah, yeah. He probably said, oh, 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 "Hey, see if you can get Rod Stewart to you know sing my song." But uh, yeah, uh, not not too much on there that I, I'm happy with. Well, you, you've mentioned hard hard luck woman, so I'm going to jump in there with with my keeps, and that is one of my keeps. I really, really believe that they missed the boat with that one. I mean, it was a minor hit. It had crossover. It was Kiss on the country charts. Garth on the rock charts. Um, you know, and look what Bon Jovi later does with their country crossover. Look what Def Leppard later does with Tim McGraw, uh, Nine Lives. You know, so it was one, and Aerosmith with, uh, I, I can't remember who it is, but, uh, you know, it was an early kind of crossover, genre cross that could have worked for Kiss a lot more. And God help us, I mean, if Kiss had gone country as a result, but, uh, you know. It, it, it was almost, for me, it was like a vindication for missing the boat with Aerosmith run DMC back in 86. If you yeah. think of what that did for Aerosmith's career, it's mm. one of those moments in history that, holy shit, they had a, a they were reaching for it and <laughs> yeah. just just missed it again on what it could have been for their <laughs> career. Missed. You know, because, uh, you know, someone like Garth, who was inspired by the band, and he took a lot of heat for doing it. Um, mm -hmm. It was just one of those things that really did speak of the influence Kiss has had across musical genres of getting people interested in picking up a guitar, whether or not they play metal or whatever. I like Lenny Kravitz. He was inspired by Kiss, you know, so that was legit for yeah. me. And the rest of it, no. You know, I Anthrax... I've always thought Anthrax's covers of other bands' material are far better than any of their own fucking songs. Anthra exactly. Anthrax is just one of those bands I am not a fan of. I've owned enough of their albums, other than I'm the Man, and even on there, I like the Sabbath stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they're okay, and that was produced by Gene and Paul, but it doesn't sound very good. So I would keep She, you know, first three songs, and that's it. I wouldn't even keep Yoshiki. It just doesn't work for me. It doesn't belong on a Kiss album. Um, the Kiss tribute album. It belongs in a Yoshiki album. Uh, simple as that. From from my taste, and I'm not even a go near the arts and unholy. But uh, you know, and even extreme doesn't work. Mark, what's your what's your take on what we're gonna keep? Well, since we're you're just lightly talking about the crossover stuff, I think it would be a good idea to kind of mention that the album itself went to number 19 on the Billboard 200, and the actual Hard Luck Woman hit number 26 on the top 40 mainstream, and it went to number 67 on the Hot Country chart. 
So that was interesting. Uh, funny enough, though, that Deuce, as a single, went to number 11 on the rock track, mainstream rock track, and number 28 on the adult contemporary, uh, which was interesting that that, that did went as far as it did. Um, the songs that I liked off it, it was kind of convenient for me, because once I listened to this whole album, I quickly realized that I could just turn it on whenever I wanted to listen to it, skip the first song, because I hated Deuce. I didn't like the way it turned out at all. I, I hate harmonica, especially in this kind of thing. I didn't think I'm it fit at all. Yeah, and so the the next three were the ones that I liked. I like Hard Luck Woman. I thought that was pretty good, you know, considering you know it was a country spin on it. But I thought it was okay. Uh, Anthrax doing She, I thought was good. It's probably the main reason I was curious in actually buying it. And I actually didn't mind uh, Christine Sixteen by the Gin Blossoms. I mean, I actually thought they did it pretty good on the David Letterman show. When they did it with uh, Gene and Gene and Paul there, um, but the rest of it I just couldn't care less. I mean, once that song was done, it was stop and skip to the next CD for me because I I, I couldn't stand the rest of it. It's just everything about it was like the calling doctor loved that Shandy's addiction. It was horrendous. Same with the rock and roll all night thing with Toad the Wet Sprocket was just crap, you know. And even extreme disappointment. I thought, okay, maybe they can salvage something with Strutter, but they just turned into some really bad porno disco version of it. It was just really <laughs> terrible, you know. I, I couldn't believe it. So, you know, and I already voiced my opinion on the Mighty Mighty Boss tones and all that stuff. So, I, it just wasn't. I was just so disappointed. Like I said, considering what I kept hearing was going to be on it, this was just a really bad version of the record. You know, Extreme had the wrong song. Simple as that. If you think of what they'd done well, um, what was it? Pornography. Get the funk out get, and all that I stuff. I mean, what they did with that song, you know, is completely different to what they did with Strutter. You know, so yeah. complete fail. All right, let's talk about some of the bands that you would have wanted on this album. And how, how do you approach that? Is it bands that were hot in 93? Or is it bands that, were simply inspired by Kiss that should be on there. How, how do you kind of look at the bands that should have been there? Because I don't think anyone... Did anyone buy this album? And this goes to our listeners as well. Did you listen to Kiss My Ass and then go out and look for a Toad the Wet Sprocket album? I mean, <laughs> did any of these covers no. inspire anyone to go searching, you know, oh man, I gotta have a Mighty Mighty Boss Tones album now. Um, I bought a lot of other Kiss tribute albums because I wanted a good one. <laughs> yeah. And it, okay. Yeah. So yes. it inspired you to buy tributes in hopes that they were going to be better, and they started to take off in this period anyway. There, there were a lot of them back then. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Ken, voice of reason. Let's start with you on some of the bands that you think should be on there and the songs that they're performing. <clears throat> oh, jeez. Um, well, I think they should have gone with the if they could have tried to get harder rock acts doing their, you know, the Kiss songs. Definitely bands that <clears throat> said that they were influenced by Kiss, um, that, you know, said, oh, we were, you know, like Metallica, for instance, is one of them, if they could have somehow gotten them. Um, uh, and some other, I mean, Metallica was very hot. It's still at that time very, very, you know, huge. Uh, probably close to their peak or just after the peak, but... Um, them and we talked about Megadeth and uh, some of these other bands like I think uh, Daniel mentioned Stone Temple Pilots 
uh, some of the grunge acts that we're doing. I mean, we know on that uh, hard to believe tribute, you know, there's the Nirvana. Yeah. So I'm, you, can't, you can't get Nirvana anymore at that point. But uh, Ken, Ken, w- what songs would you like like Stone Temple Pilots and, and Nirvana to do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Stone Temple Pilots. I would have loved to hear them sing Going Blind. Um, I think that would have been an interesting take. Uh, they, they, if you listen, if you know Stone Temple Pilots, they had some songs like that. They're a little bit in a moodier, mellower kind of thing, acoustic. Uh, they've done some good, good acoustic stuff. So I think that could have turned out to be pretty cool. Um, um, and then you know Metallica, um, something like you know Detroit Rock City. Um, Maybe even something off of Revenge. I mean, it's, that's kind of maybe that's too soon, um, but uh, I can see that. Um, there's Megadeth. Uh, we talked about that. Um, I don't know. Um, it's probably something like you know God of Thunder or something. You know, most of it should be going back to the classics, of course. Uh, I think. So uh, I would have tried to get the harder, harder rock bands. Um, if they could somehow get all the bigger, harder rock acts and have them, you know, and, you know, some of them are grunge, of course, too, um, but that's that's fine. I mean, Soundgarden could have been one. Yeah, they, uh, they, the they, they were actually mentioned, I think, in relation to War Machine at the time, so... so oh, yeah, that would, have been, that would have been a cool one, right? So I think they would have went, if they would have went that way, if they could have, Uh, It would have worked better. I think it would have sold better. I think you could have then had people buying the album and look, hey, oh, this artist is pretty good. They did this. I'm going to go buy this other, you know. You may have, you know, for instance, Soundgarden fans that might go back and say, oh, this is a pretty good Kiss. I'm going to go start checking out the Kiss back catalog and buy some of their stuff. So it works both ways. Uh, Kiss fans may start buying some other bands uh that are pretty good and then and the reverse uh that's the that's the key thing is you you can if it's your you're the record company you want them to sell records uh especially mercury polygram or whatever um they're going to want to try to get kiss records to sell more than the back catalog uh, with these other fans from other artists coming in and, and buying that and listening to it it's like oh this you know, this Kiss song is okay. I never heard this before, and I'm going to go check check more of their albums out. Yeah, Music. so, so here, here's the, the kind of the problem with that, is, yes, you want the record label should want, you know, <clears throat> you, people to, you know, like a song on the album, buy a band, and then to go and buy more of Kiss's catalog, or in the case of, say, Bon Jovi, who was on the same record label, who had a history with Kiss, why are they not even in this picture? Um, Apart from the fact that by 1993, I don't think anyone wants that version of Bon Jovi going anywhere near Kiss songs. But, uh, you know, they're on the same label. Kiss took them out on their first major tour. Paul Stanley um, did a very solid thing for John Bon Jovi with the introduction to Desmond Child. And, you know, that would have shifted albums maybe for Kiss or for Bon Jovi on the same record label. That's what bothers me with how they did do Kiss My Asses. So how many of those sure. ba- how many of those bands are on Polygram or related labels? Very few. Yeah, so, it, so so it kind of seems pointless from you know that commercial perspective 
to me. But there yeah. you go. Danny, who, who, go ahead, Mark. Uh, I'd have a completely different take on the album as a whole. First off, I'd start things off with uh, the video, the Kiss My Ass video. Release mm. that one. And using that to create some sort of buzz, uh, including maybe one or two music videos from the new... Yeah, yeah, they released... But didn't they release the video after the album, if I remember correctly? Yeah, so it, it, came, it came out quite... Yeah, I, I think they should have used that one as a teaser, as a startup for the actual album. I used that DVD to create a buzz. Include new music videos from the good bands, and I'd pick other bands for the album, of course, than they used. And also, I would do something that KISS has always done when they release these sort of uh, semi... Um, I don't know, these kind of projects where they are not 100% into them, you know. Like Killers, they do a few new songs. Smashes, Thrashes and Hits... They do two new songs, not very good, but two new songs, and I would do it like that this time. I mean, at least I, I was really hungry for new Kiss music. Revenge was an album that sounded so great, even though they weren't, it could have been a little bit better, but it sounded great. I was just waiting for the next one. I wanted Mark, Bob Esrin to produce the next album. (laughs) And why not, why, why not include Kiss My Ass? What a great opportunity. Include two new Kiss songs on the album. You're, you're, anyway, you're just pushing it as a Kiss album. So Paul and Jean are involved in this one, 100%. Why not pick one, two songs, leftovers you have from before? Just imagine if they would have used Sword and Stone and... Um, you know that one when they, all of them sing, what's what it called? It was on Psycho Circus. They recorded from Psycho Circus. Um, it's My Life. It's My Life, yeah. It's My Life and Sword and Stone. And use those two songs on the album. Re-record them uh, and make a video and end the Kiss My Ass video with a new song, Sword and Stone or It's My Life. And um, I think that would have created a buzz. And I would like to have a good version of those songs. Hello, hello, dog. And um, uh, I think that could have been really interesting. I think that's a really good idea, you know. And mm-hmm. you know, Gene, yeah. Gene of all people, you know, if he had thought about that kind of thing, um, Black and Blue had recorded a version of "It's My Life" that wasn't used. So they had that. And if you think of what other songs are available, Do You Want to Touch Me Now, Leftover from Revenge, co-written by Skid Row. I mean, so, so that's a really cool concept, Daniel, to you know to have a have new material. Here's something funny. I mean, about it's a classic a classic way for Kiss to promote albums. I think it, it just suits them fine. You, know, you remember Killers? Think of it. If, Killer, if they didn't include the new songs of Killers, it would just be a wasted album. You just need a few new songs to create a, a lot more buzz. So, so I'd like, I would love to have heard a revenge era version of Sword and Stone and It's My Life. I think it would have been great. Yeah, here's the tribute album, but here's a couple of uh, you know carrots to you know 
yeah. to tempt you. But looking <clears throat> looking at this video um, just reminded me of one thing. And on the back of the this is the old VHS, so it says this program right. contains archive footage which may not be to the standard that reflects contemporary technology. I think that that disclaimer probably should have gone on the freaking audio CD as well. Uh, but there you go. That's an aside. All right, Mark, what are uh, your approach and some of the things that you'd like? Well, I think Daniel put it, bring up, brought up a really great idea. I think that if they would have did that video first and put it out, I think it was almost sorely needed because at this point, you needed to inspire some of these bands that were happening to be want to be involved with this. Maybe if they saw some of this old footage, they would have said, oh, yeah, shit, man, I was really into that when I was younger. And maybe it would have lit the flame to some of these bands to say, yeah, I'll, I want to get involved now. Because at this point, a lot of these cool bands were probably thinking, you know, Kiss are done and over with, right, at this point. But, you know, what I would have did is I would have definitely added in, like, a band like Pantera, I said that they, they should have been in there from the beginning, and I would have got them to do either Love Gun or a Cold Gin, for sure. Those two, either one of those songs would have went over great with them. Another band that I would have loved to have been on there, because they have an association with Kiss from the early days. They were good friends and are still good friends now, from what I hear, is to get Rush to do a song mm. on there. And I, and I would have loved to have gotten them to see them to do like Magic Touch or King of the King of the Nighttime World or something. I think that would have been really cool if they did that. You know. And uh maybe get Soundgarden too, like we were talking about earlier, you know? Get them to do War Machine or maybe maybe even do Creatures of the Night. I thought that was a really mm. good one that would have been good for for uh, Soundgarden to do, but you know, again, they needed bands that were credible and bands that were more, you know, happening at the time because they certainly weren't. And the question that you asked about why not Bon Jovi, I think the reason why they didn't use Bon Jovi is I think there's some sour grapes with Bon Jovi and Kiss, you know, because here it is, like you said, they brought them out earlier, took them out on tour, you know, and then here they are totally eclipsing and going past Kiss at that point, making them look like they were nothing compared to Bon Jovi at that point. So I don't think that they wanted to be kind of reminded that, you know, Bon Jovi is being involved in this because I don't think they wanted anything to do with them at that point. If it sells catalog, I, I think they could put a lot behind them without without any problem. But, you know, that same same point is, you know, band like Motley Crue. You know, I'd, yeah. Obviously, Mick Mars would probably never do it, but you know, Nick, <laughs> Nicky, Nicky Six, Vince, Vince will sing half of the words to anything. Um, you know, and Tommy. You know, they, I think Crew should have been on there, but yeah, you know, I, I agree. I, I like you know the list of the stuff that was considered that wasn't used. So when I'm I'm looking at mine and Metallica, definitely Detroit Rock City. That that's fine. Strange Ways by Megadeth. You know, you can hear it on War Chest. You know, it, it's good. I Love It Loud by Jackal. I mean, come on, early 90s, instead of mm -hmm. going maybe, you know, that much crossover, they were they were a decent band. Soundgarden, without a doubt, should have been on there. Um, you know, and the same is the case for Stone Temple Pilots, even though I, I, I will admit I was not a fan. I've never owned an album of theirs, um, but they were big enough in, in terms mm -hmm. of what they could have brought in attention if you could have gotten them. You know uh, the other bands. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, go. I think, yeah, yeah, but, but I think Stone Temple Pilots. If you if you look at them in nineteen, I think it was nineteen ninety three, the year before the album was released, they performed a complete concert in Kiss makeup. I mean, 
after oh, yeah. dark, yeah. come on, give Scott Weiland a call and say, do you want to be on my yeah. album? Yeah, of course. Just give me some cocaine and I'll do it. <laughs> Thank God. And, and, and that guy <laughs> yeah. is the best frontman of all time in my mind. I think he was great when he was at his peak. And I'd see Stone Temple Pilots doing something wicked, some wicked song from Kiss like Strange Ways or Watching You or something with Scott Weiland on, on vocals would be, would have been great. And Soundgarden, that voice that he had, I mean, going blind with Soundgarden, I would love to hear a song like that. And you also mentioned Skid Row. Hello, Sebastian Burke is like the biggest Kiss fan of all time when it comes to successful uh, musicians. And he has put out a few covers. Some are quite good. I don't know if you've heard like... Um, uh, they did something in Skid Row. Was it "Come on and Love Me"? I Come think it was. Love me, yeah. which was besides, like besides themselves or something like that. Yeah, but that yeah. was must have been before Kiss My Ass, wasn't it? I don't know. But but it, after that, he released uh, another song from Dress to Kill. I don't remember which one it was, but Sebastian Bach would he would he's just such a crazy guy. So you could I don't think you would have if if Gene Simmons have had gotten his head out of his ass and see what bands that really like Kiss he would, if he had called Sebastian he would have done it instantly and it would have been great so Sebastian Bach, Bach or, and Skid Row would have done something interesting I think Yeah, I think, I think mm-hmm. Come On and Love Me I've just googled it So September 92 that came out yeah. Come On and Love Me but I think that that's a good enough audition I've actually got that I don't have a Skid Row album but I've got this EP because of the cover um, you know, I, I know you think Sebastian looks cute he, he sings the fuck out of any song yeah, I mean he and the band sounds good I think you know that's a good one I was going to mention them I think but they should have been on there but where were they in yeah, so they didn't do an album until '95. I mean, I, rem- I remember yeah. they they performed with Ace Frehley somewhere around this time live. Do you remember that one? I think Pantera was the opening act, Skid Row was the headliners, and he he brought Ace Frehley, and they did Cold Gin. If you haven't seen that one, it's pretty <laughs> fantastic. So um, they were huge Kiss fans, and oh, as yeah. Mark said. Pantera as well. I mean, they could have done something great. And I would actually also like to see... Sorry about that. Ace Frehley. I think he had a good idea for his cover album. You know, doing a song from Creatures of the Night with Ace Frehley's solos. Unfortunately, it felt kind of short, the one he did himself. But but maybe a few years earlier, it could have been interesting. So If they could have thrown Ace Frehley a bone, I would like to see him doing uh, a track from uh, Creatures of Night. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> that, must, that must be someone agreeing, but you know Ace's tribute album Spacewalk, yeah. which, which mm-hmm. you know, that totally got it right in terms of the artists, I, th- I think the material, I mean Sebastian's on that was Save Your Love, I've never heard that actually, that's on the Japanese no. version, I've never heard that song. Uh, but good. But they had the one Ace Frehley band track, you know, Take Me to the City. Um, you know, Parasite, Cold Gin. I mean, with that, uh, and of course Sebastian doing Rock Bottom. I mean, I, I think that kind of makes the case. I mean, Ken, which ones of, of these are kind of jumping out at you now? 
coming out out of this discussion are, are you going to add some of these people like skid row into your list that, that they should be on a, a tribute album well, yeah yeah i mean there was bands that already already did kiss stuff and i was also thinking that you know they could have of course they should have done it organically and not had gene trying to put it together or the record company itself it should have come from somewhere else um, like normal tribute albums do um, like Spacewalk, for instance, right? So, um, but some other bands, um, there was other bands back. I mean, you mentioned Depeche Mode on that. Um, they did do, I believe, they did do a Kiss song on one of their albums, actually. Um, I think they did it pretty well. For, I, I'm pretty sure, uh, from what I remember. Um, but they, this could have also been put together by going out and looking at the songs that some groups had covered already and and put them together and put them on the album and uh you know and done it at least for a lot less money um having to record something if it's already recorded why have to go out and have them record it again um otherwise i do like the idea that daniel had about the uh kiss recording new out you know new songs um on there um it's too bad that kiss didn't have their own version maybe of the uh their stuff uh like they originally intended to um um they went i mean they went pretty they put some money into the packaging of this thing uh, thinking about it you know they they made a gatefold out of it um i don't particularly care for the some of the you know Tattoos are cool, but do I need to see see that, you know, um, on the inside of the gatefold? Um, um, the other part is the 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 cut. I, I think they should have saved the the album title, "Kiss My Ass," for one of their their own real albums. They could, if they want to use that, might as well use it for their own album and not for uh, this tribute album. So I, I don't know. I didn't care for that. It's, it's totally, you know, for me, a better t- album title for a Greatest Hits package for Kiss. Greatest Hits, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, come on, Kiss My Ass. This is our best material. Simple as that. Whereas I can't think of anything that's on this. What do you think about the packaging? I mean, the yeah. album cover always bugged the shit out of me. You know, I, I know we've heard the story the about the, the yeah. lack thereof. I liked how... Some countries, at least, the U.S., Canada, Australia, got their, and Japan, Japan. got their own, you know. I fucking hate, hate that they put in the flag behind. It's such a, they are such sellouts when they do that. I mean, what the hell? The, USA, the J- Japanese, USA. Yeah, the Japanese flag behind KISS It's so silly. Or even the Canadian flag or the Swedish or whatever. And they have used that over and over again. Book, Just remember that, yeah, yeah, exactly. The hideous, no, it wasn't hideous. It was actually kind of nice looking, but it was expensive like hell. Did no one had that? the money to buy that one, and what, no one bought it. But they had <laughs> every country. They had Norway, Sweden. I, I wonder where they put all those books right now because they didn't sell a lot. And then, Warehouse. just look at look, the yeah, the current tour. Paul said, oh, I have a great new idea. Why not put the flag of every country that we tour on tour in on my guitar? 
So they have reused that theme, thinking that they are such marketing geniuses. I think it's so lame, but that's my opinion. But I think it looks yeah. nice on the guitars. But yeah, it, I, I'll the say, guitar uh, works because it gives a nice design, you know, and a for, different look. To and it. for fifteen thousand dollars, <laughs> if you sell 14, <laughs> 14 of them on a tour, then it's just kidding. <laughs> that's true too. You know, and at least he played them on stage. And you know what? You know. I don't like nationalism and all all the shit that goes with it, or you know, pandering to countries. But those guitars look fucking badass. <laughs> you know, I was like the yeah, Saint, the yeah. St. Andrew's Cross, uh, the Scottish flag. Scottish flag. Yeah. I loved it, and you, know, you didn't feel a sense of pride, Daniel, when you saw your flag on his guitar there. Out of the three times they used the flags, it was the best one. I can say it like that. <laughs> they did it in Moscow, did they? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't buy the Swedish. All right, so that's that's kind of the album. I, I do want to touch on the video, and mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. You, you can't really talk about "Kiss My Ass" without this video. And I mean, I think how far was it between the release of the the album and the video? I don't know. You're, I look yeah, that you're, up. you're so fast on the keyboard. You cheat all the time. You <laughs> should have all this in his brain. You know? My brain is fried. Um, <laughs> Oh, that's really helpful. Nineteen, you know, it's it's a problem with the web is that um, Wiki always comes up as the first source rather than my my web my website. Yeah, yours should come up first. I'm obviously not doing search engine optimization properly, so. Time between them. If I remember, this is like twenty years ago. I can't even my find dog. can't even find it on my own freaking website. So there you go. Kiss my ass the oh video. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't have the answer to that. Oh, here we go. We got the charts. Released August 93. Okay. Finally. Jesus Christ. I need to fix the FAQ. It's all over the place. So so the album came out in uh, in June, June the 7th. June. Oh, it wasn't that long between them okay no and, and but i think they should have done it the other way around i think they should have released the video as a teaser and then put all the effort into the album making it great yeah and you but, know, let, but let's talk about the video yeah my problem is that it doesn't match up the track list between the album and the video it's it, yeah. it tries to be a completely different package the quality of the, a lot of the yeah. material on that you know we complained about it back in the day that you know as collectors a lot of us had better than was on you know the official and didn't they didn't they put out a message asking for footage from fans which is how they got a lot of this stuff the only the only really good stuff is the january the 27th detroit 76 show that you know has never fully circulated out there outside of quarter circles you know so that you do get a few songs um take me rehearsals good making love Christine 16 by the Jim Blossom, so you did get that crossover, She by Anthrax. But, you know, this package, it was like, they'd had their golden era for me, with their video releases by then. With, you know, Exposed had been fun and campy, Confidential confidential. had been cool, Extreme had been, and Close Up had been cool, and then you kind of get this, and it's like, is this the bottom of the barrel for Kiss? And which it really does feel like it was. Ken, what did you think of the video when it came out? I mean, was were you, were you impressed or were you like, what the hell? Uh, more like, what the hell? I mean, they they did some, uh, like I said, that one 
in the studio and show a little bit of recording. Um, either show more of that or show nothing of it. Um, they only show parts. I, I would like to see the recording process of some of the, you know, the music that was uh, put on the album. That would have been interesting. Um, but, you know, they, it was just only pieces. So, And then they were trying to push the uh, something else. I think, I don't know if it was the, maybe I'm thinking of some other video, but they were trying to promote some other product, I think, in that video too, um, for Kiss. But, uh, although, <laughs> I, I, I remember switching and changing it just to, I just went straight to the, the old footage. I yeah. mean, I would just skip that other stuff. I just went to the footage that maybe I didn't have already on uh, bootleg VHS tapes, you know, because I had a, a bunch of them around that time. Um, so if there was something new I hadn't seen, yeah, I think it's it was cool to see them old concert footage. Um, I, I just love to see that stuff. That was the most important. I would have rather them put out another, you know, maybe starting a, uh, you know, what is it? The history, or not history, but the uh, Kissology started back then even um, and start compiling videos and concerts and stuff like that. That would have been maybe the time to start doing it, compiling it and, and getting it going. Um, because that's that was the best stuff. And that's what I would go directly to and watch over and over. The other stuff was just whatever. So I don't think they even should have associated this video with that, that album. I think the only reason they did this video is to try to sell more copies of the album. Um, hoping that since they already do well on video sales, they pretty much go platinum every time as far as video sales it might draw, you know, some uh, sales for the, you know, uh, the album, which probably, I don't know how many it sold. Um, you probably know, Julian. But uh, it's, I think it was a, a bad attempt to, to try to sell more records. Mark, video, thoughts? <clears throat> well, I, I actually didn't mind the video so much. Um, I've always kind of liked those old video footage of stuff so whenever that to me was more of a pleasing thing than the actual cd obviously um they had obviously some of the songs on there represented so you know you did have to go through that a bit but you know i think it was anthrax that they did show in the studio that short little footage i think was with yeah. them in yeah, there they did doing it and uh so it was it was cool to see that and i'm always a i also love those footage from like Detroit that they showed and stuff like that. That's always my favorite kind of video period as well. And the thing I remember that I got really excited about, and I'm not sure if this is what Ken was referring to, but near the end of the video, they had Gene Simmons in his guest house, and he was talking about how they just came back from Japan or something, that they were so tired, and that they were working on new material, and they showed that head image for the yeah, Carnival of it. Souls thing. They were, they, were, they were talking about how, oh, this is going to be the album cover for the next album, and this and that. And I was like, oh, wow, what the hell is this? You know, it's that, yeah. that might be something really, really cool, right? So that that was kind of cool that they did that because they left people kind of anticipating what was to come for Kiss. And I know for <laughs> me, I was kind of like, okay, good. Maybe there's going to be something cool coming now after this. So I thought that was a smart move. Unfortunately, what they put out was not that. You know, they put out some 
you know, lame album cover instead, right? Instead of that, I thought they would have been much better if they would have kept that whole, you know, head image there. Which makes me always wonder, what the hell yeah. did they ever do with that image? Like, why? What is it? Just sitting on a shelf now, doing nothing? Probably. Or? Yeah. No, yeah, that was a cool image. I mean, I, I can't think of the last time I watched this video, and I'm just looking through the action. You know, I did find the page finally online uh, that had a, a little bit better. I'm, it's got you know, like the dolls commercial from '78. You know, stuff from '79, Largo, uh, Kiss Your Face commercial. That stuff was mm-hmm. actually neat to see once yeah which is probably why i've not gone back and watched this very often you know it's you know it's got some tv stuff it's got you know it's just such a potpourri of you know the double platinum commercial rock and roll over commercial i mean it's really just like a a throw it all together as a as a product which it didn't have the quality and you know both confidential and kiss my ass only went gold you know, their days of selling platinum um, videos kind of came to a screeching halt in the post-Revenge era as well. It took until Unplugged to get back on track in terms of popular videos. But this was really, you know, it, it, it again, it just seemed to be a money grab at the time. I, I don't think I even bought it for a few years because I just mm. saw the stuff that was listed on the back and I was like, meh. Because it didn't tell you, it it didn't tell you that it had all these other clips uh, to yeah. entice you, you know, and what they were. Sure. You know, you see I on there, and it's not the video; it's the Studio Fifty Four, yeah. which yeah, I can't I can't remember if I'd seen. So, um, I, someone mentioned what are the sales? I mean, the last figures I've got, yeah. obviously, all I know is Kiss My Assy album went gold in the U.S. and Canada. So Canada, that means that means fifty thousand in Canada and five hundred thousand in the states. However, the sound scan figures through March two thousand and twelve only three hundred twenty four thousand. So yeah, it's not a it, it, failure. <laughs> it's it's right up there with the elder. <laughs> All right, so let's bring this to a wrap. Um, final thoughts, Daniel. Anything to add? On kiss my ass. I just say they they missed a good opportunity, and uh, it was the end of the current band. Of course, they started to look back, but I would like them to include a few more interesting artists on on the album, and use them in the video as well, and also include new material from Kiss. Sian said, anyway, they, they were out promoting the album. Gene and Paul were all over the place. Put two new songs on the album. It's My Life, Sword and Stone, and it would have been a completely different album. And use Alice in Chains, Skid Row, Stone Temple Pilots, huge fans of the band. And if they would have done that, it, it would still stand the test of time. But now... When you listen back to it, you can't even listen through it, unfortunately. Agree, sadly. Mark, final thoughts. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. The, the video, I think, is superior to the album. The album is something I've listened to maybe twice since I got it. And, you know, it's like twice through. Because I have listened to those other songs more than twice. But but I just think it's just it was just another circumstance of gene simmons telling you one thing 
and then getting something else afterwards. You know, it was it was something that we would get slowly used to as the years go by that this was going to happen with Gene. He would tell you one thing, oh, it's going to sound like Destroyer, and it doesn't, right? So um, I, I just thought they could have did a lot better with it, and uh, it was unfortunate because they had an opportunity to make a really, really good tribute record, and it fell flat on its face. Good points. Ken? Yeah, they should have done it more. Again, it should have been organic. Um, the ultimate Kiss tribute album has not happened yet. There's a lot of them out there, um, but I don't think the ultimate one has happened. I mean, I was just looking at, I have, you know, The Art of McCartney, oh, wow. um, yeah. which, which which Kiss was on. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, and you had Billy Joel on there, and Hart, and, you know, all, all different kinds of artists were on that one, and it's like how the heck did they put that together? You know, that took that um, t- that took years to put together. But, it, it, took, it took but it's also it's also McCartney. Out. So and it's McCartney, right? Um, it's not Beatles. It's McCartney, um, and it's still it you know is is a big double album, I believe. So I, I would hope you know they could do that, or someone would put together something like that. Maybe someday. Maybe when Kiss is over, it'll happen. Um, whenever that is um, something like that will come out and it would be cool um, I'm getting dizzy from Daniel's camera but um, <laughs> I, I would have liked to see you know I like to see Kiss sometimes doing you know like that where they did on other people's um, uh, and maybe maybe you know Rush will have a tribute album where Kiss plays on Rush I don't think that will ever, ever happen but that would be kind of interesting to see if they could pull it off you know <laughs> Uh, maybe yeah. very interesting. You have to go back to maybe the first couple albums or something like that to pull it off. But yeah, um, yeah. So again, it's it's got to be more organic and and not done started by Gene or the band itself. That's just the wrong way to, to do it. I would like them to try again. To be honest, now really? that yeah, now that we're still around in 2017, and how many of these bands that were contemporaries are still around and the bands that kiss inspired are still around the cinderellas the fasted pussycats um well just go down the list all the great bands from the early 90s the singers are dead unfortunately yes scott's gone chris cornell's gone but you know there's still an awful lot of bands out there tesla's still around i I don't think they're inspired by kiss and they're very good anyway they're very good and probably too good bon jovi's still around um you know, there's a lot of bands that are still around that I think would be more appropriately featured. Megadeth's still around. Come on, I mean, come on, Dave. Yeah. You know, get him to do something off Carnival of Souls. Shit. And maybe by now you could have guys from Aerosmith doing doing a song. I would love to have, to have Steven sing, like, yeah, I doubt it as well, but Steven Adler sing Making Love or I Want You would have, ooh, it, would, it could have been fantastic. I, I think you probably meant Steven Tyler there. Steven, Adler, yeah. Did I say Stephen Adler? <laughs> yeah, Guns N' Roses. Well, yeah, you can have Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses do a song. There you go. Yeah, and yeah. come on, how many different versions of Rat are there? You could have them, one of those versions of the band, doing something. So I just want to end on a on a high note, a higher note. One of the worst back covers of an album ever. Um, mm. But inside the tray is obviously and you couldn't see it you couldn't see it many people didn't know it existed i don't think i did actually to be honest um 
always love about it. Always love the message to Ace and Peter because back then there was so much negative negativity going around. It was like the FAQ. Um, you know, that they at least made the effort to say something nice to Ace and Peter and also mention Eric, which I don't think happens enough. I, it can never do, but all these years on, even less. But yeah, not a winner. Could have been better. And, you know, they did do the uh, the second official tribute in Japan a few years ago. Actually, more than a decade now, probably. Um, but do it right. We've uh, given you some of our ideas. You know, wherever you've listened to this show, chime in. Who are the bands that you think should have been on there, and what are the songs that should have been um, covered? What are the songs that you would keep off Kiss My Ass? What are the ones that you like personally? I mean, yeah, there was some fun TV stuff to come as a result. You know, Jim Blossoms and uh, what was it? The other... Uh, yeah, whatever. Lemonheads, I think. Christine 16. Um so the, it, it's not all bad. It's just not what you would have wanted, I think, as a KISS fan at the time. It missed a lot of the bands that were popular in the early 90s. So what are your thoughts on it? What what have we gotten wrong? What do you think should be there? Chime in. We thank you for listening. So from Daniel, from Ken, Mark, and myself, we will see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.